Hey everybody, this is Belgarid and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgarid series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode four. This season we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter three. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I am a new wife, meditation mm -hmm. guide. <laughs> and the director of Goddess Kindled Universe Publishing House, publishing all kinds of magical realism. And I am here once again with my amazing, gorgeous podcasting partner, Alicia Seymour. Hey, I'm Alicia, and I am a fantasy author and co-founder of uh, Turtle Sea Book Self-Publishing House. And I'm excited to be here and talk about the next chapter. Cool getting my sheet organized <laughs> okay so yes it's been a week yeah it has been <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week it's been a week <laughs> so, let's just go straight into Pogo's cup <laughs> tell me about your week well, my cup, I, I chose hemp milk with cinnamon because I have felt more enriched. And I always feel like when I'm drinking hemp milk, I feel my body's getting like enrichment from the cinnamon and the milk. Um, but there's been some, a lot of amazing things happening on the business side of, of things. Like I just um somebody just hired me to help them write their novel on friday fantastic so we're starting in just a couple of weeks and she's an amazing person she was referred to me by my previous client which is really cool because i already know she's before i even spoke to her i, I expected her to be amazing because she was referred but after i talked to her i'm like this is gonna be so good you know she's she's just got a big heart and She's got a really great story to write. So, so is that, this then, is this uh, you or Turtle Sea Books? No, this is me with my business where I, I help them rewrite their story through fiction. Yep. So, yep. she'll be writing the first draft of her novel. Fantastic! Um, but the Turtle Sea Books aspect is going really good too, and we had to push the launch back a week. Um, just because Christy was creating, she is creating a course, a do-it-yourself course for people who want to self-publish and they just don't know what to do. So it's basically, this is what you do. You can mm -hmm. self-publish. So she, we, will, we both want to have that completely done and up for people to, to purchase before we are launching. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, takes longer than you expect. Always. Always. <laughs> And so she's been doing that. I've been slowly just like building connections and it's amazing how easily people are kind of just flowing into us who meant to who need what we have, you know, like I went to a, probably shouldn't be saying this illegal, but I took my kids to a little birthday gathering on Sunday, just with close people we know. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a mom there who was written a children's book. And when she found out I was a writer, she told me, oh, I, I just wrote this children's book. And I'm like, that's funny. I have this publishing house that publishes authors of children's books. And so we connected 
and just stuff like that that the universe is kind of handing me like you know mm-hmm. here you go so that's Fantastic. been good and um home life has been a little bit rocky i think we're all feeling the pressure of the stay at home i know the kids get restless a lot and sisters on each other's nerves you know and <laughs> doesn't help when the dog wrecks the pool yeah the dog wrecked the pool um and so it's just you know i'm i'm starting to feel a little bit restless with all of this because you know there's it, it's actually not as bad as i thought it was going to be to have my kids home all the time mm-hmm. but there are days where i'm really just like I need to go away or I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> totally. It's important. Like that picking yourself up and removing yourself some, from a situation so that you have space to breathe. That's yeah. very intelligent and excellent decision. I've done that yeah. before. Yeah. And it's cool that my they, they just opened the beaches like a light, what do you call it? A light. Lift. or easing of rest- an easing of the restrictions <laughs> yeah so they don't have the parking lots open so you can't you'd have to find street parking or uh-huh. live near the beach but you can walk on the sand only you can't walk okay. on the boardwalk okay so me and my friend she's a big beach person we went one evening to watch the sunset and then Later in the week, we went early in the morning because she's got her dog and the dogs are only allowed before nine or after six. Okay. So we went one early in the morning and walked on the beach. And so that was a huge, made a huge difference, even though it was only like an hour. Yeah. Big medicine. Um, Just seeing the beach and smelling the water and hearing it and all that is, and then I'd walk barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get to do here as much because all we have in the yard is rocks. Yeah doesn't feel very good barefoot so that's it that's my week oh well I'm so glad that you got to the beach that's so important yeah that's so nice incredible incredible medicine and sunrise at sunset and at sunrise Mm -hmm. nice work a clear evening it's so rare that you see a clear evening down by the beach here and it was perfectly clear out at the threshold moments those moments where you cross over you get in you dip into the in-between of the day and the night yeah into those you know where all of that possibility sits Mm -hmm. spend more time in possibility in those possibility moments sweetheart that's big medicine yeah Yeah. so i think we'll try to do that more often her and i good idea Um, yeah how about you? How's your week? Well, my Polgaria has just handed me. Uh, well, she hasn't just handed me. It was like weeks ago. And I've just been plunging my whole face into this freaking cup. But three weeks, it's tea tree and sweet almond oil tincture. <sighs> I've been dosing myself constantly with tea tree oil, mm. essential oil and sweet almond oil to uh, manage a horrible outbreak of cold sores. Now, you mm. might remember me getting married. Do you remember me getting married? I got married. So on my wedding yeah. day, I got this huge amount of the bag and on my chin 
no kisses for Sundra. <laughs> and so, you know, let me just check my little calendar. That was a one, one, two, two weeks and two days ago. In this two weeks and two day period, let me just point for the viewers on video and I'll describe it to the viewers on the audio. This thing on my chin that you can still see pink healing. Mm. Big, 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 big thing. Number one. Number two, little tiny thing up here is going, oh, I'm going to come out. Oh, I'm going to come out. No, 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 no. Managed to save that one. Okay. Then one over here that went, oh, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. You can't stop me. Blop. Came out. <laughs> right there. And then yesterday, thank you very much because you don't have enough weirdness going on with your lips right now, Sandra. Here's another one. Blop. Mm. So it's seriously like my system is like purging itself of every single cold sore. I might possibly get for the rest of my life. Yeah. In this, so in the space of four weeks, I feel like this four weeks is giving me like the next forty years compressed into. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous, ridiculous, and so. But I seriously do. I feels like a purging. Right. Have you changed anything else in your lifestyle or eating or? No. I just got married. Well, maybe, you know, I think it's normal for the body to react when we go through a big shift in our life. Well, I mean, I yeah. understand how the virus works. I was quietly pleased that I didn't have a cold sore leading up to the wedding because it's activated by, by my emotional state, you know, if it's heightened yeah. at any, in any way. Doesn't doesn't have to be me being upset, it could be me being excited or happy or mm -hmm. just getting a little bit too much sun one day. Hmm. So I understand how it works. And yeah, I was I can understand why the first one happened, but I'm, like, I'm pretty calm now, I'm pretty chill. It would be just really nice if it stopped. And I can't I've been trying to work out what I'm doing haven't done need to do but I can't work it out and so you know I've been working through it a bit with uh another group that I'm in like trying to work through like the spiritual emotional aspects of yeah and interestingly enough it's never occurred to me before but came to the point of someone saying something like what if you just, because I, I think I said, I'm just ready to give up. And someone said, well, what if you just gave up? What if you just mm -hmm. st stop worrying about it? Yeah. And it, I thought, well, that would quiet my emotional body and calm mm -hmm. the heightened anxiety I'm feeling because of it. And that's just like, that's the first time it's ever occurred to me because I I get very, very anxious and ashamed of this visible thing. Like if it wasn't so visible, I wouldn't get so upset about it. 
but it's because everyone yeah. can see it. And I feel, I feel dirty kind of like, not kind of, I do. I feel, I feel, I just feel <sighs> awful. I understand because I don't get cold sores, but I can get some decent breakouts sometimes. And it's the same kind of feeling because I, they're like cystic. So they're pretty. Do you get like acne? Have you had problems with like acne? I always, when I was young, I had acne bad, really bad. And since I cleaned up my, my lifestyle and diet and I found a really a natural face treatment. Yeah. yeah. I can usually manage it, um, but there'll still be moments where the cystic one will just show up and it's just like oh. there, you know, and it is that feeling where you're almost like, I don't even want to look at myself. Why yeah. does anybody else want to look at me? I know. <laughs> so, you know I, I know how that feels, but I think it is good. I was going to suggest that too. Like, what if you just yeah, what if I trying just stop? to figure it out and well, I started a, I'm doing a, a meditation. I started doing a meditation this morning that I'm going to try and do twice a day that's connected into this. Uh, the feelings of shame mm -hmm. around it because it's been with me my whole life. So there are lots of points that I can go to yeah. to try and reconnect all of that. Um, all of those parts of myself that I've pushed really far away because it's mm -hmm. dirty. I don't want to. So I'm kind of regathering all of these parts of myself. So I started that this morning and, um, and I know I was talking earlier about playing with makeup. It's definitely not the makeup because I had um, got the breakout started before I started playing with the makeup again. So it's definitely not any of the makeup that I'm using yeah but yeah so that's been my week hopefully the meditations will help you also and once you clear it then you can really just kind of like let go yeah exactly give up so just give just it give up. up just give up <laughs> it's really hard to give up you know it's a habit of a lifetime literally a habit of a lifetime to mm -hmm. Be concerned about what other people are looking at when I have these outbreaks. So, yeah, I understand that completely. <laughs> so, next segment is Garion's view. This is where Alicia gives us her summary of the chapter as the new eyes. Yeah. So, I was excited that we are back to Garion's point of view and. I'll talk more about this when we're talking about it, but it felt like he seemed older all of a sudden. And oh, then, interesting, really. Oh, sorry, yeah. keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so we see in his mind his observations of Sinidra, just as she's very observant of, of him. He's also very observant of her, and he's jealous, it seems, of this new bond with Mandarellen that she has, and he feels almost misplaced. And, uh, but they are on the road again and they run into some Murgos as they're hiding in the bushes. They discover Brill is the one in charge, like leading them, which is interesting. And so Mr. Wolf decides that they need to get on the move because it seems like there's a, uh, is it a Murgo war between different, is that what he said? 
a war is coming basically and he doesn't want to have to maneuver through all of the um murgos that mm-hmm. are like fighting each other mm-hmm. to get to the veil so now they're like on extra rush to get to the veil okay well we'll talk about when we get there i don't um i mean what all we know is that the king of the murgos is mobilizing for war because of certain things that happen yeah in in this chapter so and so belgara surmises that he's preparing yeah. for war <clears throat> but that's about all that is actually said i think right so it's funny you just said surmised and then i opened chapter three and the first word my eyes landed on was gary and surmised really what <laughs> yes it's like uh halfway down the paragraph the first paragraph Garion surmised that it probably had something to do with the inner workings of the female mind. He's just trying to figure out Sinidra. It's like, it's it. Garion's just wondering to himself, like, why? How come? Oh my God. Yeah. And it's not a word that I use frequently. <laughs> really, it's I not. Know. <laughs> That's okay. funny. I like that. So he's wondering about Sinidra how come she's all of a sudden being the way she's being when they were on everything was pretty good for a while and then why she has to go and complicate it because it's somehow moved into this next level of something and now it's all complicated all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) exactly totally overlooking the part that he is complicating it like he's having all of these complicated feelings (laughs) about the whole thing it's not just her (laughs) Yeah. And the fact that he complicated it by making that statement he made too about yeah. how he wasn't he <laughs> wasn't was, trying. To... No. And we we've we've excused him because you know it's probably ducked out of his brain still. Yeah. Of um Samistra saying Sam she's the most beautiful, beautiful woman. Beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. That would be a hard one to overlook. I, I would want somebody to ask him again about that and see what he says now. That would be a fun conversation to have for him. Well, I don't know. There's, there's the where he is now. I mean, he's still, he's that young kind of, he doesn't know how to play those games. And so, yeah, actually probably would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't play games, but just to hear what his answer would be, like, hey, by the way, remember that lady Salmisra that tried to kill you or keep you as her slave? Do you think she's the most beautiful woman in the world? He'd be like, what? I think that Aunt Paul, like, she is actually, she's a very, very beautiful woman. Like, in, it's easy mm-hmm. first, well, for me, I guess, to, uh, to picture her very motherly. Yeah. Because she's the mother figure. Mm-hmm. But she's actually a stunningly beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Her, her, so I tend to forget that. How do you see Pogara? Oh, I, I didn't really see her that way at all until probably sometime in the second book and I don't remember exactly when when they were getting dressed up for the kings like she was getting a dress made or something she came out with a silver circlet no 
I don't think so. I can't remember when it was, but there was a shift because for the first entire book, even though I know there were some references to her beauty in that book, I still saw her as an older woman, more like Professor McGonagall. With I remember sternness. you saying that, yes. So she's always so stern and like, don't do that and blah, blah, and you know, and on. She was in the first book, especially because she was just always on Gary and, and it just yeah. felt like McGonagall to me. And so that's what I saw when I read her. Yeah. But there was something in book two, I can't remember that changed that. And I started seeing her more as young, younger, you know, really like bright, stunning features with dark hair, with the one white, you Lock. know, that just makes her like stand out. Was it when Mandarellen joined the company and treated her like flirted it could with have her? Been. Yeah, it could have been. It might have been that actually. Because there was a whole interaction. Yeah, yeah and how really... she dismissed it. Yeah, she, she was flirting with him. Yeah, she got really girly and like, oh, messing with her hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's when I realized she must be younger than I thought. Mm. <laughs> to still well you know have thousands of years old but you know young in form <laughs> yeah as are her appearance looks so yeah but now yeah I do see her as that mm. you know she is a very physically attractive person mm. but still the mother and still has the sternness to her like I still, um, it's almost like I see layers of her. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting because that's how, I, if I have a client on the table, if I'm doing energy work or, you know, work, doing body work, the client splits out into layers mm-hmm. and, and it's like uh, nesting dolls, you know, yeah. all tucked together. I guess yeah. we're, all, we're all like that, aren't we? Layers and layers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like <sighs> Shrek says to He says ogres oh are like layers, like onions. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Do you understand now? <laughs> I watched that movie too many times. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Now I want to sing like Donkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> On the road again. I know. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, so Gary is what we're still on the first page. So, Gary is wondering <laughs> about Sinedra. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, it's interesting because he's sort of thinking about. He's thinking about Mandarel and like, oh, should I warn him? Because you know, maybe he doesn't. He he's, he's he might he's he's sort of thinking of Mandarel as vulnerable emotionally. Mm-hmm. And you know, Sinedra is just playing this game, and it's like it's like he's suddenly woken up to the fact that she's playing this this awful game and toying with people's affections and maybe Mandrill should really know about that because you know you know he just might not see it he's a bit thick-headed he might overlook it and and, and yeah. you know and then he, he flips over to you know but 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 he did kill a blind with his bare hands for her she could she could actually have like be in total 
overwhelm and awe of his stupendous feat of um, strength, you know. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it is, is his jealousy is causing him to look into it deeper than what is even actually going on between the two of them. It's just like a, I don't know, I see it as completely a platonic kind of bond. There's no romantic view on either end of, of them. Absolutely There's just not. now a connection because they they were both the two there in a kind of near death situation and Mandarellen saved both of their lives and so there's just a bond when two people go through an experience like that doesn't mean that they're in love yeah. all of a sudden oh no and also it's you a know? very uh, uh knightly courtly kind of relationship yeah. you know yeah but because Garion is really into Sinidra he's manipulating in his own mind as to like oh no they have like a romance and he's I'm being pushed aside and He's worried that she's infatuated with Mender Allen now. And, and it's, I love the way it's written. Like it never says anywhere. He doesn't recognize that it's jealousy. He's worried for both of them for different reasons. And the worry starts gnawing at him. So he's worried about each of them for different reasons. And he's worried for himself, but he doesn't understand that it's himself he's worried for, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they, they ride out the next morning and he, you know, looks, looks for his grandfather because he wants the comfort and companionship. But, yeah. <laughs> but not just that. Because <laughs> uh, his grandfather's riding just behind Aunt Paul, who is riding with Sinedra. Right. <laughs> So he feels like he needs to keep an eye on her for some reason. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Wolf is very cross and cranky and it's annoying at his arm that's still in a bandaged up in a splint. And that Aunt Paul and um, Belgrath talk about the route that they're going to take to get to the bale. Mm -hmm. And Belgrath says they'll go around by way of toll rain and Polgar is worried that it'll take too long and they'll run into bad weather in the mountains yeah then they talk about the foolishness of cutting straight across Marigor right um <laughs> did you like the little thing that happens when like Garion asks is Marigor really all that dangerous and Princess Sinedra turns around and just oh, gives him a look like, oh, you know, don't you know anything? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Karen's like ready to throw, like, mm -hmm. uh, thinking of very good responses. And Mr. Wolf just like, no, just, just, just don't, just don't, just don't. It's too early. Just don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And that's just to speak to the tension between the two of them because they're both holding back so much then that what they let out is just full of like annoyance with the other person because they feel like the other is like shunning them when they're not. It's just the two of them can't 
one of them you just can't soften up and be the bigger person they they're waiting for the other one to do that <laughs> they're both so stubborn aren't they yeah and so this is when though um they stop because um they sense there's some writers coming uh heta heta yeah. so he must be they must be sort of linking in with the herd mind and sense and yeah sense the horses mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then Aunt Pole does her own little trick too to see how many there are. And um she says they're not Tolnidrans, which is what, what they thought. She says well, they're Mergos. It's interesting. Hetar says how many, because he can count the horses. And Aunt Pole says who they are. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. And, and that's a good, a good um do i would have together get a lot yeah. of information really quick right? yeah 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 and so heta is very like full-on when he finds out they're mergos of course because he yeah. wants to kill them mm -hmm. um and will says no they're gonna hide and <laughs> heta's kind of gets like yeah but there's not very many yeah. <laughs> and wolf's like never mind and they send silk off um just to see where they can hide. Like, let's find a yep. place to hide. So they send him off to find a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is interesting. The wolf asks Paul, are there any Grollums with them? Mm. What did you think of this? And because she says, I don't think so. One of them has a strange mind, but doesn't seem to be a Grollum. I didn't really think anything about him asking about Grollums. Did you think, what do you think about how she answered? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely wondered why she said one has a strange mind. But then when I realized the one was Brill, as who she, I'm assuming who she's referring to had the strange mind. Okay, well, that would make sense. That he's already been referenced as a very strange man, <laughs> you know, with his eyes all wacky and just the way he interacts is mm -hmm. really strange in general. So Yes, he has been depicted as particularly odd in all kinds of ways. Yeah, so I just kind of, when I found out it was Brill, I, I kind of just thought that maybe that's why it was a strange mind because he's, his mind either, maybe there's something more to it that I don't know yet, or it could just be, he's just got a mind that doesn't completely process and like a regular mind would mm -hmm. <laughs> uh yeah so silk finds them a thicket to hide in and they head off and um garion sort of scoots under the brush under like so where he can see the road so he's hiding underneath the brush and then sinedra sort of worms her way up beside him and this is such a sweet little scene and they're both hiding underneath the brush mm -hmm. and um they have a snappy little exchange yeah he's almost like i don't know i got the sense he was being protective of yeah. her in a way though yeah yep, like you yep. shouldn't be up you shouldn't be up this close yeah like, it's not safe yep even though he doesn't say it's not safe but yeah i feel like that was intended in his statement 
but she says neither should you yeah exactly it's, it's, so I figured the feeling she's or I mean we already know that she's somebody that doesn't like to be looked after she's very exactly. independent she's a very strong character mm-hmm. I know that you know I get up on my little hobby horse about the way women are treated in story but don't let that take away from the fact that the characters in this book the women are very strong characters all the women are strong yeah. characters mm-hmm. they are yep. so and i just think it's really sweet how he notices the scent of the princess it's warm right. flower-like and it makes him really nervous for some reason <laughs> mm-hmm. i just think it's really cute and yeah. then this next bit did you like the next bit how far away do you think they are she whispers mm-hmm. he's like how would i know <laughs> well you're a sorcerer aren't you i'm not that good at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny just the young minds interacting together yep yep that's very cute and then sinetra sort of asks him a little bit about heta and why he always wants to fight Mergos. And Gary says, you know, the Mergos killed his parents when he was very young and he had to watch. She's like, oh, how awful. And, and Silk, Silk's nearby and he's just like, you two, children, shh, be quiet. I'm trying to listen. Yep. And so they sort of hunker down. And then the Mergos appear. And they've got their mal- got mal- like armour, mal shirts and... I think this is the first prominent reference to the scarred cheeks of their race. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would have no idea that that was... Oh, okay, okay. It says the scarred cheeks of their race. Yeah. I I didn't catch that the first time. So um, I don't think it says anything more about it, but that's a a cultural thing about Mergos. So... It does get explained later. Okay. And then Silk recognises Brill. Well, Garion recognises him. You know, we're looking through Garion's eyes. And then he hears Silk in take a, a shocked, like a, a shocked breath. And he says Brill. Like he recognises him too. So Brill's over there telling the other, like giving the instructions. He's the leader. Then a couple of the he's obviously telling the Mergos to go out and search for them or for someone someone. We can only think he's telling them to search for the, the company. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say when Brill's out of earshot, they can overhear a couple of the Mergos talking about him, saying they're kind of tired of him. Mm-hmm. What if they just stabbed him in the back and ended it? Yeah. Obviously, don't like him very much. Mm-hmm. And then they, they they mention probably not a good idea to do that if you ever want to see Rakhaga again. And Rakhaga, spelled with capital letters, so we can assume it's a place. Yeah. And then so they go and they sort of keep hiding for a bit, and Silk looks really worried, and. Gary wants to know what's wrong. And Silk says he's made a mistake. Yeah. Do they explain the mistake in this chapter or not? No. Okay. 
So I was wondering if I missed it. What do you think? Well, did you think anything of it or it just made you curious? What's this mistake? Yeah, I wanted to know who his mistake was. Okay. I don't think it's touched on. So he's obviously fretting now. Something to do with Brill. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They Sorry? go back to tell. They go back to tell the others mm-hmm. about what they saw. Who it was? This Brill with fifteen Murgos. He was giving orders like he was in charge. Mm-hmm. And the others didn't like it. So I think. And then Silk says they didn't like it, but they was doing it, and they seemed to be afraid. And so Silk doesn't think Brill is just an ordinary hireling. And so maybe that speaks a little bit toward what he's fretting over yeah okay and and then Sinej is the one who asks where's Rack Hagger Wolf's suddenly very interested and questions her you know whether if she's sure that that's what they said and she is and she's like I've never heard of it and she's she's just studied you know she knows all the names of all the cities in Thalmurgos yeah Never heard of Brack Hagger. And um, this is what indicates to Wolf that Tor Urgus is preparing for war. So Tor Urgus is the Murgo king. And he, the reason he knows that is because Rack Hagger is thousands of leagues south of Rakgoska, another city. And the, the Murgos from there, from the south, never come up to this part of the world unless there's a they're on the verge of going to war with someone so mm-hmm. that's as much as we find out about the war that might be stirring obviously barrack thinks it's to it's it's a war with them because he wants them to come on <laughs> happy right. happy to have that fight <laughs> and wolf's just you know a bit short like yeah well it's all the same to you got some stuff to do let's just not have armies that we've got to wade through to get to what we need to do and then this next bit is interesting did you find it interesting the way he kind of explodes it's not time yet what is Torgus thinking of uh no i didn't think anything of it so so he's sort of you know making um reference to uh he says too many things have to happen first for this particular, before this particular war takes place. Mm. So I think that that's interesting. What do you, what do you think he's talking about? I mean, whatever mission they're on probably has some of the stuff they're supposed to take care of before this happens. That's what my guess would be. Okay. So anyway, uh, they've got a long way to go, so they get going again. And they make camp and they're more careful than usual about staying hidden, keeping the fire pit dug, dug deep. Garion has more chance to observe Mander Allen being attentive to Sinedra. <laughs> yeah. That's when he starts feeling left out, like yeah. his position was usurped yep even though he didn't want it in the first place exactly 
exactly. And then this is when they reference again Mandarellen, just like Paul brought up earlier, asks why they don't just go through Maragor mm -hmm. uh, because it would be faster. And then this is when Wolf tells him the reason they don't want to is because Maragor is haunted. Mm -hmm. And that caught my attention. I'm like, okay, now I feel like I'm in some kind of Lord of the Rings ruins with the mm -hmm. shades floating around, you know? Yeah. And so he's, Aunt Paul follows up with it. It's the spirit of Mara who wails there better not to offend him yeah and she says that in response to mandarin saying you know we're not frightened of ghosts we're not children yeah and um she's sort of saying that to placate mandarin yeah so make it's, it's like they have to go around but go through bad weather yeah and or all of, and the, the reason they're going around is to circumvent miracle right or go through Maragor. I feel like there's more to it that Mr. Wolf doesn't say why he doesn't want to go through it. Oh, yeah. What do you think? I don't know. We'll find out. I, well, that's my prediction for the chapter, so I won't say it now, but for the next chapter. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's it does, again, have that Lord of the Rings feel. Like they have to pass through the mountains and the bad weather. Oh my God, it does too. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, so the snow is going to fall on them and then someone's going to jump up and like walk on it like Legolas. <laughs> okay. There's no elves. There's no elves yet in these stories. So nobody quite that light footed. I don't think there are elves in this story. Yeah. You have dryads. And there are other monsters, but I don't think mm -hmm. there are elves. Okay. So that was Wolf's Wisdom, where we talk about the chapter in more detail. Now we go into magic, where each of us give our little bit of magic that we liked in the chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, mine is Garion acknowledging that he is, in fact, a sorcerer when he and Sinedra are hiding under the bush. Yeah. And that might not seem like um magic but there is a really deep power in claiming a thing as one's reality it's yeah. such a part yeah. of spell work claiming the thing mm -hmm. so that's my magic well, let me pause because this is really loud going over okay and i don't want it to do it while i'm talking because then that's it'll fine be annoying. just wait till it's ready it's like hovering out there or something. That's one thing I've been enjoying is the lack of um, air traffic with all of the restrictions. Blue, blue skies all the time. Not those yeah. white, like the look outside sometimes the whole sky is hatched with. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now there's an airplane going. Yeah, it hasn't gotten quieter here. I mean, they must really? be like essential aircrafts or something. But oh. we do have a, a Navy base uh, with the air. Oh, okay. So we have flyovers sometimes jets. too from the Air Force here. Yeah. Practicing with their jets. Pretty cool, I think. Yeah. I never got that into that stuff. but Well, I'm not into it, but I do like how fast they go. 
Yeah, they just bug me. <laughs> like, be quiet. You know, the thing I think I like best is the fact that the noise and the sight of them don't match. Yeah, because there's a delay. Yeah, the, like you hear the sound, sound and too. they've already gone. Right. <laughs> and kind of the sound is right there and it's like, no, no, it's right here. It's, it should be right here. That's where the sound is. That's where I'm hearing it. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why I like it. Okay, so my magic is aunt pulls ability to see who's coming through her mind like she just closes her eyes looks up and then she knows who it is who it is it's pretty cool huh yeah i like that okay and sorry next segment is real life relating so from magic into realism see what i did there yes you do (laughs) Uh, my bit of real life relating personal insight uh, is Garion's feelings about Mander Allen taking over waiting on Snedra. Uh, he didn't want to do it in the beginning, but now he feels slighted because he's being excluded. And a lot of, a lot of times, and I'd like to say it's all in the past, but it's not, I'm just a big baby. You know, <laughs> I might not want to do a thing, but I want to have the chance to be included. Like I want to have the chance to say no. And like, if I might not want to do the thing, but if I'm not offered the chance to do the thing and someone else is offered the chance to do the thing instead of me, I get my nose out of joint a little bit sometimes. So (laughs) that's probably a lot more than I ever wanted to tell you about me, but there you go. We're all friends here. (laughs) Love me anyway. (laughs) Yes, we do. We all have something, you know. Um, my, I'm sure mine will come up, or already has, or will come up at some point. But, but my real life relating is when they're hiding out in the bushes. I used to do that a lot as a kid. It was like how we played, me and my cousin. We would find bushes to crawl through, and play like we were on the run from somebody or you know some like epic lord of the rings kind of adventure oh that's and cool so I, I just was reminded of that when they were like hunkered under the bush like watching just coming because yeah. we would do that you have a lot of really great memories with your cousin yeah he's yeah him and i we still talk like i just saw he texted me now we have a very like brother sister relationship like it's very close yeah it is and it's it's interesting some of the things he said to me as an adult that I would have had no idea he had that amount of respect for me when we were kids because (laughs) the way he treated me when we were kids sometimes I'm like what the hell dude that's just not cool that is not cool and come to find out if he was acting out of jealousy because he thought I had my life together when his was going to hell. I love that you two like, get to have those conversations as, as adults. Yeah, it's really cool. And I wish he lived, still lived in San Diego now. But I think we almost needed that distance to, forge to appreciate it. Bond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll, you know, there'll be a time where I'll be able to fly out there all the time or he? he can come here more. South Africa. Oh my goodness, he's closer to me than you, babe. <laughs> 
I know. I know. <laughs> so he's got a you really go visit him life. and then you can both come visit me. Yeah. That's my plan is I'm going to be doing a lot more visiting in the next decade. Yep. 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 All of my closest people are like not here. All your closest people are far, far away. Yeah, well, I would say, oh, there's one closer. No, exactly. Not all. But still, yeah, to see everybody else is like needed. Yeah. I love your cousin's stories. (sighs) Yeah. Prophecy Speaks. Okay. Just right here. Now my dog thinks I'm getting up. I'm like, where are we going? Okay. Okay. So this week, my question is, how do I step into the next phase of my life and out from beneath all the perceived obstacles and threats that keep me from opening my wings and taking flight? Now, this has to do with some tarot work that I did this morning well, last night, actually, around all of the breakouts that I'm having. So, you know, part of that meditation and working through all of that spiritual and emotional stuff. Yeah. And the book that I'm using is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. Uh, let's see. Page 27. Just kidding. It's a, it's a book with different stories in it. So I'm just getting the right section so I can flick through the right section. All right. He was in a position where he could, to a great extent, choose how he wanted to live, given that he accepted certain obligations. He saw with even greater clarity how meaningless rules of behaviour could be destroyed how meaningless rules of behavior could be destructive and equally how deprived of a moral framework, human beings could deteriorate. He grew furious at the way artificial and often anachronistic standards were imported from Victorian Britain and imposed on the Samoan way of life and depressed at his encounters throughout the South Seas with white men who had disintegrated under the strain of having to provide their own moral sustenance or who had seized every opportunity which a confused and fluid situation allowed to exploit and manipulate. Okay, yes, it's just that, that piece is the first card in my three card reading that I pulled, the self-destruction Okay, so so what I'm looking for is the how to move through into the future part. So I'm in, so that was the first card. I've just read another version of it. And the second card was like stillness and sinking down into that stillness. And what I'm looking for is how to move into the next phase, how to, you know, get out from under these obstacles, how to just open my wings and take flight. So 
I'm just going to read the next paragraph and maybe. Oh, could I offer something that I picked up that absolutely kind of answers that? Absolutely. <laughs> like before you got to that piece that you said saying the same as your card, it was talking about, uh, I can't remember the words they used. So I'm Shall I just it. read the first sentence? Because I think this is where it was. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> He was in a position where he could, to a great extent, choose how he wanted to live, given that he accepted certain obligations. He saw with even greater clarity how meaningless rituals of behaviour could be destructive. Mm -hmm. And so what I picked up was that understanding that while others that are in your life still uh, what's the word attached to those rituals mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you have to let that affect you anymore and I feel like that's connected to how you're still feeling you're beneath that there's obstacles you have to overcome because it's that yeah. you know just from what I know that that there's still a lot of those past ways of who you used to feel like you had to be there that's yeah. that latch on and and if you can just stop not stop but if you can just allow yeah. yourself to move beyond like yeah. how other people are still living and just live how you're living without any guilt yeah that's totally it they really aren't any the obstacles and threats really are only perceived obstacles and threats because I put them there and I choose to acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also not, don't feel guilty because you're living this way when all those like rituals, uh, you know, as the book calls it, the past and people in your life who still believe in those rituals that are no longer a part of your life you know you don't need to feel guilty that they're no longer the rituals are no longer a part of your life even though they're still part of those others lives oh i just had a thing something just came up the relationship between me and my mum is changing i'm bothered mm. by it on a very deep level that i haven't acknowledged yet yeah. So way back at the start when I was moaning about my breakouts and saying, but I'm so calm. <laughs> Nothing's bothering me. I don't understand. Right. Bloody hell. You see, now you got two clarities in one. Yeah. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Your turn. You're welcome. Okay. Well, mine's actually kind of similar to what I just was talking to you about. But I want to allow myself to be freed from the conditions, my outer conditions that are affecting my internal state and get to a place where I can be in complete trust that what I feel in my internal state, that, that is my, my reality, is soon going to really reflect in the external world as my actual reality. Okay, so 
let me just, I just want to, I just want to, okay, let me just yeah. get this straight. So at mm -hmm. the moment, your external world is getting into your internal world and stirring it up. Mm -hmm. You want your internal world to solidify, clarify, and for that to reflect into your outer world. Yes. So it's kind exactly. of flip-flop. You want to flip-flop it. Right. 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 And then, so I just, I'm just asking for guidance on that. Okay. And uh, you know what? What? I was going to, I went to change my book. Oh. I want to use the book um, to my Kindle here. And it is called Creative Mind by Ernest. Uh oh, I lost it. Sorry. Ernest Holmes is the author and it's called Creative Mind. Let me write it down. Okay. So I'm just gonna flip through my Kindle real fast. Let's see where it goes. Help me do it like this. Right. Pop. This page. Okay. Uh, you are a success and you are giving to the law every day just what you want done and the law is always working for you all fear has gone and you know that there is but one power in all the universe happy is the person who knows this the greatest of all truths the whole thing resolves itself into our mental ability to control our thought the person who can do this can have what they want can do what they wish and become what they will Life, God, and the universe are theirs. Which part of that specifically jumped out at you, darling? I don't know. That kind of all did. Yeah, because it's um, all appropriate. I just wondered if there was something more than anything that felt like coloured or lighter or give you, gave you a feeling... I think the part that said all fear has gone and you know that there's but one power in all the universe because there has been some fear creeping in again. I had gotten to a place where it was really not existent and yeah. it's slowly it's starting to come back in. Okay. Which is why I think I've been more reactive to my conditions too because yeah. the fear is more like starting to try to have power again does the paragraph talk about how to deal with the fear um well it says right after that it says happy is the person who knows this the greatest of all truths uh, the whole thing resolves itself into our mental ability to control our thoughts so i feel like that's that's the answer when you when you know how to control your own thought, you can stop fear thoughts from coming in, or from maybe not from well, coming in, but you stop, stop them from. But the way you react to them, like uh, the yeah. Have you been meditating? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it for me, the big. I mean, I already obviously I already know like a lot of that, anyways yeah but knowing but, and like we all need that reminder and like occasionally like just tell me how to do it fuck right 
but I do think for me, the big piece was it pointing out the fear aspect for me. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that until I read it. Like, oh, that makes sense. It's because there's fear creeping in again. That's interesting in the context of our earlier private conversation. Yeah. That talks about fear. Yeah. That, and there's another area too, that's also private where I was, I have been allowing fear to creep in a little bit. Yeah just with my own thoughts, trying to twist things into something it's not. Um, okay, and that's what so I do, yeah. What so. will you do? What step will you take? Um, I think just um, stop reacting to the fear thoughts. And just when I feel them come on, become as still as I can. So depending on what's going on and externally, you know, mm. as still as I can and just be present with it and allow it to be there, but not give in to it. Can I have, a, can I give you a suggestion? I have a suggestion. Yeah. You talked yeah. earlier about visiting the beach. Mm -hmm. Make it part of your practice if you can and pay attention to how the waves wash and wash mm -hmm. and wash. They're not still they wash mm -hmm. okay okay sounds good yeah that's mine very nice all right What is your prediction for the next chapter, my lady? Okay, so I put, we will see them be forced to go through Maragore and encounter some ghosts. Actually, I think this will come in a couple of chapters, not next chapter. <laughs> the next chapter instead, they will be on the road some more with more little insights and connections between the characters. Okay. Because... Like I feel like I want it to move faster than it actually does. And so they're not going to actually be in Marigord in the next chapter, even though I want them to be. <laughs> okay. But I do think that that's going to happen, that they're, they're going to be forced to reroute and go through Marigord because it's been referenced so many times why they should not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's had a nice setup. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So last week you said Gary and Sinedra will have an encounter. Hmm? Mandralin will have a new confidence and Wolf and Paul will discuss more why they've redirected their path. I mean, they talked about their path. They did. They did. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. True, true, true. Yeah. So not too bad. So yeah, we will review your prediction next week. Yeah. So I think you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I did good last week. Do you have a hashtag for the episode? Ooh. Strange mind. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> hashtag strange mind. Okay. So, everybody, we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, if you would like to talk about this specific episode on social media you can use the hashtag strange mind 
you'll find all the extended show notes and links to all the things on our website, belgariedandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. So head over and check it out and you can sign up to our mailing list. You can leave a voice message for us too. Leave us a voice message. They're so much fun. And you get to be on the show unless you don't want to. So just tell us. Um, and there'll be a link to do that in the show notes as well. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Belgariad and Beyond. And you can email belgariadandbeyond at gmail.com with all your questions and comments. This show is an indie production. The best way for you to support us is to become a patron. You can get access to bonus episodes of Before the Show and full uncut video episodes where you get to peek behind the curtain, see what we look like when we're talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and find out, you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash Belgariad and beyond. There will be a link in the show notes. Yeah, and our community is growing, I see, yes. in the Patreon community. So that's awesome yes oh hang on let me just i'm going to always welcome more people to our world to connect with them it's so much fun let me see so i would like to do a special shout out to our patrons thank you for helping us to make this show and you know thank you for supporting us and believing in us so yeah. Eric, Eric, my darling, who was excited about the show months before we even made our first episode when I first teased the name of the show <laughs> and he wondered, ooh, 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 what's this going to be about? Eric, thank you for being with us all this time. Rachel, Rachel, you're amazing. You have shared us around and um, brought new people, new listeners and got First time readers excited, old readers excited. So thank you very much. Jessica, darling, I had no idea that you loved this show so much. Thank you for being a patron. And Robert, you're our newest patron. And thank you for being here. I can't wait to get to know you. And it's lovely having you all in the private group where we can chat. And so it's a very mm -hmm. small community at the moment. And I am also super thrilled, like dawn 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 darling dawn you get so excited you aren't a patron you are a valuable listener and you tell us that you love us in the public facebook page and you look forward to our episodes and you miss us when we're not there and that is just oh i love it so thank you all every single listener thank you all for being here yes I second all of that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And so we'll be in your ears again next week. Yep. Have a good week, guys. Bye.